This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, I'm humbled by your presence. I'm humbled by what you're doing and who you are in our lives. How you spoke to me today. God, I pray that you will clearly uh, just meet each of us right where we are in your word. Help us, oh God, to become uh, the people of God that you called us to be. Thank you, Lord, for your favor and your goodness. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Open your Bibles to Psalms 118 again where we were last week. We're going to quickly go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Psalms 118, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'll bring you a message tonight entitled, The 36th Day. The 36th Day. Psalms 118, 24. We spent a great deal of time on this last Wednesday night, so I'm not really going to rehearse this, but it was the center chapter, and we found the center verse, and we found that that there was some misunderstanding about this passage, but... Yet that what we clearly find is that when God is in the center of every day of your life, that uh, you can rejoice no matter where you find yourself. This is important. This Sunday, I'm going to be bringing you a message entitled, uh, Faith is Greater Than Anxiety. And I really believe it's going to be life-changing. But tonight, I felt that there was just some simple points that we need to come back into, possibly a bit of a series here, uh, on this Wednesday night time together. Psalms 118.24 says, This is the day, what is it? The Lord has made, and we will what? And be glad in it. Now, we, we've talked about that last week, what that means, finding the right context. But in the context of I will rejoice and be glad in the time and the favor of the Lord. Even though there's been tough times, David was going through tough times and he said, but, but, but this is the day the Lord has made. Now, I think that we have plenty of opportunities to grumble. Do you know one of the things that made God the maddest in the scripture? Grumbling and murmuring, complaining. And so we have a lot of a lot of worry when it, it comes into our lives and it manifests when we just start talking. We can go to uh, the uh, grocery store nowadays and when there's nothing in there, you can find room to grumble. I stopped and watched my gas tank go from empty to full and I grumbled I didn't even realize how bad I was grumbling until I looked over and my my, my son was rolling with laughter in in the, the passenger side of the truck. He was just like he was like this is this is funny. I said, well, no, it's not. Next time you want Taco Bell, I'm gonna tell you it's in the gas tank. Come on, Amen. All right, but. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, when you start putting things into perspective, we might have light trials. And I never want to make people feel bad for how they've been blessed. 
But I can only stop for a moment and catch my breath at the AIDS hospitals that I walked through in Africa. The orphans whose parents died and now they left them one gift that they were infected at birth. I've walked through the streets just north of Accra and watched the little girls who were nine years old who were being exploited sexually for, for their parents' tickets to heaven. And I think about our light troubles that so easily make us grumble. But I don't care who you are, the reality is your trouble is your trouble. And it can be a painful reality. But 2 Corinthians, Paul's dealing with people who are facing something, and he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 16, he says, so no wonder we don't give up. Now wait a minute. People are talking about all the problems that make you want to give up. But he says, look, folks, people want to know, and he's discussed the reasons in the earlier passages, but they don't get it. They don't get why we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out. How many of you know that's the truth? Come on now. That's a polite way to say we age, we get sick, we get out of shape, we get bent out of shape. Our inner being, notice this, is renewed every single day. Now, I want to just stop for a moment there and step away from my message with some reading that I did over the last couple of weeks. And I'd spoken a message at the Tacoa campus on Sunday night about the reality of, of our minds and the things that we, we deal with in our minds. But, but in that, uh, you know, they did a study and they really found that, that your age per se is not really, uh, uh, determined by the age of your body, but it is more determined by the way that you think and you process. So if you, you can be a, well, my wife says this, she said she married a young man who was really twice his age by the way he acted and carried himself. She said she had to, she's shaking her head. She said she had to teach me how to become young. Well, I learned for a brief season and I have yet to be able to teach her how to be old yet. But I have mastered it quite well. When I get up from a chair 25 years younger, I sound just like that man right back there, my dad. One of the worst nights of my life. I couldn't even focus on my grief. My grandfather was laying in a coffin. We were all gathered in the funeral home. And I heard these old ladies behind me, this just, just horrible old women. They, they said, look, my, my dad was just in his early sixties. They said, look, look at Rodney. He doesn't look too bad for 60. And I thought, well, that's nice of them. And then I turned to see them and they were looking right at me. 
Go hag, go on now. Come on, amen. The reality is, some of us age because of the weights we refuse to lay down. And whether you know it or not, your grumbling ages you. And if you could just realize that the joy of the Lord that is your strength is also the renewal of your flesh. I'm speaking to somebody tonight. So God has sent me with a word, and I love the actual translation. The Living Bible really gets it best here. It says that their inner being is renewed day by day, not just every single day, but but it's one day upon another day upon another day. And let me just go ahead and tell you now that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. In other words, it's not an instantaneous thing, but God begins to change how we think, how we act, how we live. And how many of you know you can make your body healthier by simply making daily changes. You can make your mind stronger and your faith stronger by learning every day I will determine what comes out of me because what comes out of me really shows me what's inside of me and if I want better to come out of me I have to watch what gets in me. But here's the problem. This is the day that we are to rejoice. Our problem is though we are you have to be careful not to worship yesterday. Let me just go ahead and tell you, it wasn't as good as you remember. There's some candy. I thought, man, I found some I hadn't seen in years, and I, I bought some of it, and I went, that stuff's nasty. Nostalgic, but nasty. Come on. And we have to learn to balance our expectations for tomorrow. I don't know why the Holy Ghost just really pulled me back into this. Stop glorifying your sinful days. If they were so good, why are you so scarred after going through them? Some of you are like, anybody here like hot food? Anybody like hot food? Yeah, yeah. I got a friend, he loves hot food. He just loves it. But one day I watched him eat something too hot, and he said, "Mm -mm, I'm never doing that again. Now look, he might forget and glorify the fact he actually did that, but I guarantee you I'll show him the video of him losing it all over the yard, and he's going to remember it wasn't as glorious as he remembers. My dad and I were in Fort Worth, Texas one day, and I tried something. They said, can you eat the spicy spicy food? And I said, oh, I can handle that. I'd have to go to the bathroom in between my my bites and wash my mouth off. My lips swelled up. It was good. (laughs) But the pain reminds me it wasn't as good as I remember. See, I think some of you need to understand we all run the danger of spending too much time in yesterday. Hear me, I feel like I'm really speaking of the Holy Ghost tonight. We spend too much time in yesterday or in anticipation of tomorrow that we miss some great opportunities for today. And if you start serving God today, then you might be ready for opportunities tomorrow that you're not ready for yet. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
So here in Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is writing to say, okay, I know that you have some fears of what you faced yesterday happening again tomorrow, so you're really worried about it. I mean, look at verse 13. He says, though we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had. In other words, he said, look, we don't give up just because we've been through trials. Now, this is the reality of what God showed me I've been wanting to show you tonight. He says, he says, but we keep preaching because we have the same kind of faith that who had? The psalmist. When he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. Now watch this. This is important. This is Psalms 116 and 10 uh, that he's referring to, where he says, I believed in God, so I spoke. And when you put it in the context of Psalms 116, what you're finding is some really rough days. Once again, here we are, that the day didn't seem as wonderful as, as the verse shouts with, but, but the Paul uh, pulls it out of that context and he moves it over here and he places it into a reality and says, I know that you've been through a lot of stuff, but you've got to remember we keep on going because we believe in God. So we keep on declaring the faithfulness of God. We keep on declaring the joy of the Lord. We keep on declaring that this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it and I'm tired of grumbling and I'm tired of complaining and I'm tired of giving the devil his song and I'm going to start lifting up the glory of the king because I believe that God is still God and he am I making sense at all? You see, I believe that even in my dark days, he's still God. I believe that he still walks on the water. I believe that he still enters into lion's dens. I believe that he still divides and comes through the fire. I believe that he can pull you across from one side of the sea to the other side of the sea. Why? Because my God is faithful. I've told you before, but one of my favorite nights ever when I was teaching hermeneutics, when I was teaching the art of how uh, young pastors can learn to speak, one of my favorite nights is when, when an older man got up into the pulpit and he said, well, it's my turn to preach now. I said, well, yeah, it is. And he said, the simplest message I'd ever heard. He read the scripture that says, and they stepped out on the other side of the Red Sea. And they began to sing the songs of deliverance. He said, and he closed his Bible and he said, well, I'm just going to say it in the way he said it. I'm not trying to make fun, but it's just this simple. He said, well, I reckon they were singing on the wrong side of the ocean. Had my attention now. He knew he had my attention. He said, well, the Bible says that on that other side of the ocean, they murmured and they complained. And what did God do in response to their murmuring and complaining? He parted the waters. And then they sang. He said, I figure, just as southern mountain as you can come, he said, I figure that if they murmured and complained and God parted the waters and brought them through praising, what would have happened if they praised on the other side of the ocean? What kind of, I think they would have made it all the way to the promised land when they stepped out the other side. Why? Because I believed in God, so I declared his faithfulness. I believed in God. And so I said, you know what? This might not be where I want to be right now, but God's still God and God's still good. And I'm going to declare the faithfulness of a mighty king. Amen. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise? See, we don't give up just because conditions aren't perfect. Keep on worshiping. I mean, 
The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 1 or 11, 4, it says farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Go back to the verse. What was the verse of Psalms 116.10? What does it say? So I believe God, so I declared it. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we ought to trust God today or not. That's what that verse says. The farmer doesn't look at the clouds and then he, he, he knows what he has to get done and he knows what has to be done in the right. Am I making sense to anybody? What has to be done in the right season at the right time. So he does what is required of him at the right season. Why? Because the season doesn't change uh, for him. He has to learn to walk in the season. And some of you are like, I just don't like the season I'm in. I just don't like what I'm going through. I don't like what I'm feeling. I can't feel God. I, I don't feel any. That's because you haven't believed God like you need to believe God and you stop declaring who he is and if you'd start believing God you might be in a season of drought but he will spring up water in the middle of the desert he will cause a river to flow into your soul because the joy of the Lord will arise and you too will stand with me and declare this is the day that the Lord has made and I can rejoice and I can be glad in it amen Oh, Pastor Don, that's just hype. No, you've been pouring bitter water out of your, yourself every time you grumble. So why not pour fresh water? I believe God. And so I spoke. We keep on declaring. We keep on declaring. My goodness. We prayed over Naya. We believe that God's going to heal that little girl. We believe it with all that's in us. Pastor Todd came back after the, the, the diagnosis and he began to declare. He said, I believe that one day she will honor God. He said, and he began to tell me how they began to pray and how one of our, our righteous leaders there began to declare, I see her preaching the gospel someday the same way you're preaching the gospel. You see what? I'm, I'm tired of people going, well, now you need to get yourself ready because it's going to be sad and it's going to be bad and it's going to, it's going to be rough. You know what? We know Dark days come and we know storm clouds. It rains on the just and the unjust. But what I'm looking for are some people who believe God, who keep declaring and say, you know what? I don't know how and I don't know where, but someday the Lord will be glorified through this. Amen. God's good. Our problem is we find ourselves in a trap. You know the name of the trap? The when and then trap. You see, we think... When I have this, then I can be happy and rejoice. Or when, then I'll find the victory. People say it like this. When I graduate from college, I'll finally be through this. Or when I ever get married, then I have to pray with you different ways after that. When I find the right job, then I will be happy and can rejoice. I'm going to put a real powerful, powerful word up for you. You ready for this? This is, put that slide up, the next slide up. No, you won't. You won't. If you can't praise God now, you're not going to praise Him then. People say to me, well, Pastor, someday when I, when I get a, when I get some money, I'm going to tithe. I said, I'd rather have your dime off your dollar. Then your hundred dollars off your thousands 
If you're not going to honor God where you are, you're not going to honor God when you get where you want to go. That lady meet me right out here one day. She said, Pastor, I just need you to pray for me. I said, well, what you need? She said, you know, when we came here, we were broke. And she said, we started tithing and it was tough. But you're right. God honored. God honored. So praise God. She said, but now we make it big box. And it's tougher to do that than it was that. I said, well, you go ahead and stop tithing. You'll be making what you were making before. Let me just go on. People say, well, when I have kids. And then people say, when the kids grow up. When I get that promotion. Or I get out of debt. Or when I retire. Or when I have X amount of dollars. Quit lying to yourself. Be honest. What you have. I was in a mood when I was writing this. What you have is a bad case of someday-itis. Someday, I'll rejoice. Someday, I'll be happy. Someday, I'll stand and declare. No, this is the day the Lord has made. The past and the future are robbing you of your great victory of today. There are some days you would rather forget. Can I get an amen for that? Just a brush of them will bring back painful emotions. And the reality is we are marked by them. We can't deny that these things ever happened. We can't deny that it happened to us, or we can't deny that, that we did this. Listen to me. We cannot allow them to direct our lives. Those days have been in the steering Compartment for far too long. I'm speaking to somebody. You see, I don't deny it. I define it. Because if I can define it, watch this, I can prevent it from defining me. This is important. I've recently been walking through a challenge. That is not driven by so much what I should or should not do, but it has been driven by a desire not to repeat poor and painful actions that I suffered at the hands of others. It said, I will no longer allow that to define me. It may not seem like it, but if you will live, or it may not seem like it, but if You will live for God today. He will give you the opportunity to redeem, notice what I'm about to say, even your worst day. The day Joseph was sold into slavery was the low point of his life. But I'd love to tell you it was the lowest point of his life, but I wonder, were there not worse days when he was betrayed? But it was a turning point for him. He would suffer for 13 years because of that day. But the joy of seeing yesterday redeemed is what helped him. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is going to speak to some of you right where you are. About three or four of you all walked up to me and said the same thing while I was praying for you. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. 
The joy of seeing yesterday redeemed. I want you to get this. I want you to, I want you to take hold of what I'm about to say. Will help you resist today's temptations. Will give you the strength when you watch others' dreams come true and you feel forgotten. Because you believe in God and you're declaring that that is not going to rob me of that. Because I'm going to honor God here. We're making sense. And this is when this, when this leapt into my spirit, I want you to get, you must learn to worship and serve God every day. When this leapt into my spirit, I sent it, I literally sent it out to some of my prayer team people who were with me while I was preparing the message. Listen to me. Yesterday's prayer and yesterday's praise won't bring you into today's power. You've got to honor God today. Nehemiah 9.19 But in your great mercy you didn't abandon them to die in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud led them forward day by day. And the pillar of fire showed them the way through the night. God's telling you, listen, watch what he's saying here. He says, I'm not going to leave you where you are, but I'm going to lead you, but it's not going to be all the way where you want to go. It's going to be a day at a time. My dad is the only man of his brothers to move away. And I didn't grow up, you know, on the same street as all my cousins. And and I I didn't know my grandfather the way even my my brother knew my grandparents. Uh, I'll never forget, I was 16 years old. I just, I don't know why, but I just decided I was going to spend the night with my grandparents. So I, I went up and... One of the only times I ever remember my life ever spending the night with him, and and I was awakened by him the next morning. Was glad that I was there. Grandma was cooking up a storm, and Grandpa said, "Son, let's go down to the to the farm." His job was to drive around and see if any animals had died through the evening, and check on things, and make sure the water was right. and And he was older at you know this stage, and 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 so. He's got this little tiny truck and he's jumping this truck together, two big old guys and we're riding along and, and there's junk. My grandfather loved junk. But in the middle of it was a worn Bible. And I said to my grandfather, I said, Grandpa, I don't mean this disrespectful, but Grandpa, you, you can't read. What do you need that Bible there for? He'd had to quit school. His father was ill and he had to quit school. Basically never really went and couldn't read, right? He said, Grandpa, you, you can't even read. Why do you need that Bible? Why is it so worn? He said, son, just because I can't read it doesn't mean I can't believe it. He took it and he opened it and he pushed it on his chest and he, he didn't get saved until he was in his fifties and he, he said, I got a lot of catching up to do, son. And he said, I ride around this whole farm with this old Bible pushed against my chest saying, God, I can't read it, but would you put it inside of me? He said these words to me, and I'll never forget them. He said, you know, I, I didn't always serve God, and I'm ashamed of that. He said, so when I got saved, I was determined I was going to give God the rest of the years of my life. And he said, then I did something. You know what I did? I failed. He said, I sinned. I said, well, Grandpa, we all sinned. And he said, 
No excuse, son. He said, so I said, God, well, I'm not going to obviously serve you all the days of my life. He said, how about if I just serve you for a year, God? Could you help me win for a year? And he said, I failed. He said, well, I thought, well, God, six months? I failed. He said, God, can I at least serve you for a month? Faithful for a month. Failed. He said, son, I got all the way down to a week, and finally I got down to a day. And you know what I did? Failed. He said, I realized something. God, can I just serve you right now, right where I am? Therefore, we do not give up because we fail. I'm adding to a little bit here of 2 Corinthians 4.16. Even though our outer person is being destroyed or going through changes, our inner person is being renewed day by day. You may have stumbled, but get up and let God help you grow today so that you won't stumble again tomorrow. Preaching truth to somebody. You need this. See, one day builds upon another day. Day by day, you will grow. And if you want to stress less and accomplish more, you'll have to learn to live each day for itself. Make each day count. What if a day does not go like you want? How easy is it to grumble? Easy. Well, I want to talk to you about a man from history that there's different viewpoints upon. His name was John Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller. He was the richest American in history. By today's standard, he would be worth $340 billion. Would anybody want to help him with at least one of those? Come on, amen. But on September 26, 1855, John D. Rockefeller landed his first job. He was an assistant bookkeeper making 50 cents a day, which was a good sum. An assistant bookkeeper making 50 cents per day ended up dying worth $340 billion. Now it's true that that was a turning point. Someone that his biographer wrote that said it was like the day he got his first job and the day that he wandered into a certain Baptist church that he was born again on both of those days, one as a man and one as a new birth into the kingdom of heaven. But I don't really want to talk about the day that he he got the job. Because what people miss are the 35 days prior. For 35 mornings, he got up early, would do his due diligence about his plan for the day, and would leave the boarding house he was in at 8 a.m. every morning, sharp, 8 a.m. Every day of those 35 days, he would not return to the boarding house until after the close of business each day. And every day of those 35 days, he came back having failed at finding a job. But each day was a new day. And he got up and he kept going day 
by day. And the 36th day came. The 36th day changed everything. The 36th day started him on the way to his fortune. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. The 36th day is coming for you. Do you know what makes the 36th day so valuable? When you've gone out for 35 days and have not succeeded. 35 days of doing what you're supposed to do even when it feels like you're not getting anywhere. Let me just say the way we used to say in church, preach, preacher, preach. Now, now he's preaching. 35 days of getting his teeth kicked in and coming home with dirty shoes. 35 days of being looked at and said, you're not what we're looking for. 35 days of people saying, we don't have anything for you. But the 36th day came and he said the 36th day caused him to be blessed. And he honored it as a holiday for the rest of his life. That day, he honored it as, the, he called it job day. But he said, when you've had 35 bad days, it makes you guard the 36th day success more than you could have ever imagined. So instead of, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit. So instead of looking at your days that you failed as days that you're like, oh, I might as well not get back up and I might as well not go back out. I'm sure he had those thoughts, but instead he arose and he went back out. Instead of looking at your failures as an excuse to why you can give, give up. Instead, get up and believe God and keep declaring I'm going to keep walking because I might not be there yet, but God's going to bring me out of Egypt. God's going to bring me into his promises and I will see the salvation of the Lord. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise today? You keep walking, you keep declaring, and you keep believing. Keep believing God. Stand with me tonight. How many are ready for a 36th day? Well, honor him on whatever day number you're on. Keep going. Keep walking. You shall stand and see the salvation of our God. Thank you tonight for your presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, good water and bad water come out of our mouths when we declare murmuring or we declare the truth. I pray tonight that it would be the rivers of living water that you promised would flow forth from the, the anointing of God, would flow into this place, and they would be reminded to keep on serving you today. For Lord, we can no longer say, I'll start tomorrow. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it.
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Well, I pray the Lord will bless you. Love to fellowship with you a moment. I'll be right down front. God bless you. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now. Thank you.